0: The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM.
1: I was
2: in these apartments for weeks on end, you know, just looking out the window. It was like prison, so it's just hard to be back here again. Jamie Nagle got on stage one day and he forgot to get off. I was besotted with him. He was the love of my life. We had this magical wedding coming up. Like, my life was perfect. And as the saying goes, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And it was. When I was wiping my own blood off the wall, I was literally looking at it going, this is not okay.
1: This is a story about love and trust gone wrong.
2: I'm trying to tell a toddler <laughs> that her father is gone. He's the didn't think ever had to do. I'm Jamie Nagel. I was born in 1993, and then everything went to you always say to me you couldn't make it up. You
1: couldn't make this up. This is Kathleen's story of falling in love, starting out on a fairy tale journey where everything seemed to be perfect, and for a while it was. But then it got chaotic. How can a couple go from nothing to supposedly hundreds of millions in the bank only to apparently lose it all You couldn't make this up. Kathleen's story, in her own words.
2: I met Jamie through work. I got a job in a very small hotel within Killarney. And I actually, I had my own dog grooming business, but it was quite small. So like, you know, while I was building that, I was working full time in this hotel. And I met Jamie. We became instantly great friends. Got on so well. He was literally like, (laughs) it was like somebody you'd meet and like, He just, you know, was like he totally understood me and he was very like me in a lot of ways. But he was very intriguing as well. You know, he spoke a lot about his business in Waterford that he had just sold up. He sold the business all on some months and we started dating. And I very quickly and very unexpectedly got pregnant on my daughter. Just before I found out I was pregnant, he left the hotel. He was going out on his own. He decided he wanted to start a business in Clareney of a kind of a um, a laundry service that catered to hotels for the guests and stuff like that mm. and that was his plan. I remember he got a 10 grand loan off some loan company that dealt with uh, student loans. Now, we kind of spoke about moving back to Cork because I'm obviously from City so he very quickly like pushed the business to one side, right? And like almost too quickly but again, I was very sick in my pregnancy. I kind of just wanted to get back home, so I didn't really care at Mm. the time. Moved back to Cork. We moved to wilson rented a house, and I suppose that's where it all kind of started. Really, he got a job with a company in Cork. Started working with them, and everything seemed fine. So he was on a really good wage. I think he started on about a grand and a half a week. He spent a good bit of time with them then. He started saying that there was a couple of issues with the audio-visual company he was working for. Then one day he comes into me and he's like, I can't do this anymore. I have fierce anxiety, right? And he was like, I have a pain in my chest from all the stress from the work and all this. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, are you afraid to talk to him? And he was like, you know, he really played the soft touch, like... Everyone picks on me because I'm so soft and I'm so nice. And he's like, that's probably my problem. I'm afraid to say anything to him. Would you hate me if I went out on my own? And I was like, no. Like, i support you through anything. Hmm. Like, whatever you want to do. Yes, it might be hard for a while, but look, we've enough money coming in. Like, we're not going through it. I'm going nowhere. You know, and I'm pregnant. I'm fat. I can barely walk out the door. So, you know... That's Exactly what he did. But so suddenly, he was going to start up his own audiovisual company.
0: At the start,
2: it looked like it was going to take off. We—I was actually doing the emails for him. He had done a, he was doing a lot of kind of you know promotion and marketing himself. and you know, there was always, with, always with issues with people and handing over money and stuff like that. Overnight, he reinvented himself, rebranded his van. Literally, like within a few days, had new stickering on the van, had the company set up and the whole lot. Business cards, website, everything done. In between all this anyway, you know, our daughter was coming along and, you know, everything was rosy in the garden and we were all happy. Like everything was amazing. I was kind of starting to say to him at this point, if you do this now, you need to stick to it. All right, so you have to stick to it um, you need to make it work like uh, a business takes five years to set up and be established and be you know what I mean not just five weeks like so look you have to for our daughter we need you know to make sure that there's a business there and that there's money coming in and blah 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 we did kind of a small networking
0: thing in town with a few people
1: This is Elaine Buckley, Marketing and PR Executive.
0: I was invited to a networking meeting by a guy named Sean Young.
1: Sean Young did meet Jamie a few times. He even once gave him some business advice on taxation matters. He met him on a few occasions on flights back and forth from Ireland to the UK. But nothing more than that. No business introductions, high finance deals, building projects, nothing. Sean Young runs his own successful business with no connection to Jamie Nagle ever.
0: I was I was just after starting a new job as a regional manager and I I was just trying to build up my own profile as well. Were oh, so you working for a corporate charity,
1: I believe? Wasn't that the case?
0: I was, but I never met him again after that initial meeting. He contacted me to say he couldn't make the Chamber of Commerce breakfast, but he had been given the attendees list and he was reaching out to people. So I went along. I knew I was going to be meeting a couple of different people and then that's the first time I met. Jamie and Kathleen.
1: Okay, and and how did Jamie Nagel strike you?
0: Look, I mean, he would drink the whole Like he had a business plan. They were just launching a new business at the time, kind of an events and tourism business. He was he was chatty. He was he seemed to know what he was talking about. Now I was always very struck from the start about how young he was mm. at the time. I think he was only about twenty five. They had just launched an events company and he said prior to that he had been running his own stage school.
1: How's it going? My name is Jamie Nagle.
2: I'm 21 years of age and I'm the owner of Theatre Box Studios in Waterford City. It is lovely to see a kid walk out the door at the end of their two hour session once a week with a smile on their face. And, and that for us, cheesy and all as it sounds, is the recognition that we were looking for that people would come, attend their classes and go home happy.
0: I just know him from, from Adam, so I just went along with it. So that Christmas 2018, they were they were running an event. It was like a Santa's grotto. And they picked me as the chosen charity. So I, I worked with them closely for about a month, for kind of the month of December. It was a beautiful setup, But there was a lot of angry parents. Like, Santa wasn't there at the hours he was supposed to be there. Santa wasn't very good. He just didn't look the part. So then... They, Santa disappeared and then Jamie himself was being sent
1: Why did Santa disappear? Do you know?
0: I don't, to be honest, I, I don't know. No, they were getting paid and then there was two teenagers, two teenage girls dressed as elves and I know they were getting paid and yeah. they were really great. I wasn't getting paid to be there, obviously. I, I was there from a charity perspective so I had a little stall set up selling Christmas cards for the charity and
1: stuff. Like You're <laughs> saying that people had booked times and slots and paid for them would they arrive and there yeah. was no Santa Claus, is it?
0: Yeah, and then there was there was one woman I remember one day had a load of small kids and Santa had finished early and nobody had told her. It made no money. They they didn't make a cent off it. And then the charity didn't make any money either. We made no money from them. I, I had collection buckets and stuff. I made a bit of money.
2: Sean Young was
0: uh,
2: kind of a businessman, bit of an eccentric fellow. Very, very nice. Jimmy took shine to him. And um apparently Jamie had approached this Sean Young some time later. Now Sean had told him that he was going to start working in the UK market in London. So yeah. he was branching out into London where the money was to be made. But Jamie wanted to do the same thing. Apparently Sean Young brought him on board and Jake came to me one day and said, Look, want to be a little working in London Now, prior to this, Gay surprised me one morning. I got up one morning My suitcase was packed. I had never been to London. And he had a note on the suitcase, get ready, we're going to London at 1 p.m. Right, this flight, 8 a.m. So the usual, to me, he surprised me a trip to London. He gushed about London. Like, he said, stage school, he brought students there. Like, he loved London. Mm. He was actually a little bit obsessed with London. And he was like, I'm going to start working in London. So... He would go to London for like one day a week and Sean Young would introduce him to all these business people over there. He got introduced to this guy called Max. I knew nothing about him. Only that he was a high-end um, architect in London and he was happy for Jamie to come along and what he would do is he would pay Jamie 5000 a week to do audiovisual drawings for really high high-end buildings in London and high-rise buildings that were going to be built in London. So a lot of these buildings weren't built yet mm. but they were on the way and they needed Jamie to lay down the plans for how all their computer systems and everything would talk to each other. Lo and behold, on a Friday, 5,000 euros, well it was 5,000 euros into our account. And I remember saying to was like, hey, I was how about He was trying to say to me, don't worry. He said, when you're working in London, the UK market, something like that, that you don't actually pay tax. And I was like, surely you do. Yeah he would show me documents and say, look here, look at this, it here, at the start, it was once every two weeks he'd have to go over and then he would do all his work in the the day, he'd sit down and then when he'd come home, he'd do it all on the laptop and he'd send it over because obviously it can be sent, you know, via email um, or whatever. So, this five grand was coming into the account every week and, look, five grand, 20 grand a month starts racking up pretty fast, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I couldn't spend that money even. You'd think you'd spend five grand a week, but you couldn't. And then the money was coming up and up and up. And we decided we were going to move from Wilton to Riverstick because the house we were in was kind of, it was quite cold. and There was a few issues, but it was like suddenly we just got this dislike for where we were, right? There was one day... (laughs) it was kind of after this which is only you know when you look back at things you kind of start going oh this should have been a warning thing a guard called to the house right uh-huh. before that I had sent Jay to Tech Hamilton he would get some um, before formula at least a few odd bits off he went he comes back and he goes the bag and stuff about 20 minutes later a guard shows up at the door right and oh, Jesus Christ Jay the character is right and he's like what and I was like the is right so he goes out to the door anyway. But he kind of himself and the guard walk out to the entrance of the driver. He's like, Oh, yeah, I'll talk to you out there, right? Mm. So they're out, and I could see them chatting, and I could see Jay, as per usual, he had all hands and, you know, a big smile, very, very big brown eyes. Like a lot of people were drawn in by him. But he talked to the guard, and I could see the guard had his arms folded, and he was just kind of, he wasn't doing much talking. Jay was talking, and I was looking out the window, like What is going on? What has happened? Like. So he comes in anyway. He was like, "You're not going to believe what happened." <laughs> I was like, what is the guy doing at our door? And he was like, "I was up in Tesco." He said, "I was, I had a bag, a, you know, a carry bag." He said, "I was putting the stuff into the bag." So, like, pay for it. He said, "I was deep in conversation, and I walked out with the bag of groceries." <laughs> I was like, "You what?" And he was like. I walked out with the bag of groceries and I was still on the phone. I just completely didn't know what I was doing. And I got into the van and they came here and I was like, but surely they would have stopped you above. Like, like if you don't pay for the formula, the tide goes off. Like yeah. You have to pay for the formula. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, I just didn't even, like, notice. And I was like, are you having a laugh? Apparently the security guard chased me out, but... I couldn't hear on the phone because it was busy up there and I was obviously on the phone and I got into the van really quickly and I said, but how did they know where you were? And he said, oh, the van, he got the rigid van. I said, in my head, none of that made sense to me. And Within 20 minutes, they got a guard down to someone's door. The guard was there for something else. The guard was there for another matter completely separate, I'd imagine. Maybe up to give him a warning about something, but that guard was not there. He did not rob those items. I know I have my moments, right? <laughs> but you I'm not that I'm not that stupid. Like. Yeah. But he convinced me he was like, Yeah, and he like when he says something, like he can think on the hop. I have never seen someone think up of a lie so quickly. She was like, Don't worry, don't worry, it's so stupid. I'm gonna go back up now and I'm gonna pay the stuff and then gonna come back down. So off he goes anyway and he said he paid for it. See what would happen is I would I would go into our online banking if he didn't go back up and I would see that the payment would have been there. Yeah. But he had to make the pay, make sure that I thought that he paid for it in the end. I'd start to notice that when we go out, we could go to home store more with a small one in the buggy and we'd leave and we'd be putting the buggy in the boot and then he'd go, Oh Jesus, there was a you know, there was this in the bottom of the buggy, I forgot I threw it in and I'd be like, not to go back in and pay for it or whatever. This would happen every now and again. There'd be stuff
1: yeah.
2: it was just the thrill of getting something for free, right? Love to get stuff for free. So anyway, we go back to the London stuff, we moved down to Riverstick and we got this beautiful little cottage, um, a little lodge out in the countryside in River 6, we were doing really well. We had everything. We had nice cars, you know, he had a brand new Mercedes van, a 171 Mercedes van. Um, we lived in a beautiful house and everything just seemed amazing. Like it was just, the money was rolling in. Five pounds every week, five brands every week. You know, quickly I was up in the 65,000 in my bank account that I'd never seen before in my life. I was like, this is wonderful. he started telling me that he was being brought in on a project in london a very very big project of a building that was like 50 60 stories right it hadn't been built yet but it was going to be massive one friday came he had been in london No money came into the account from that and i was like so Jay was like will you you know, will you touch base with him and just check that everything's okay and because I was kind of doing the emails for him every now and again just you know so Max got back and he was like look I'm having a bit of issues this week with payment off the last project so payment will be along next week and stuff like that next week came and I was like Max there's nothing you know the payment hasn't been in yet Jamie's been to London twice what's going on so we stopped cheering for Max and I was getting a bit annoyed then because I was like what is going on and Jay was like, look, I'm going over to Sean Young anyway for this big high thing. They're having a big meeting and there's a couple of people there. So what was going to happen is they were all going to be working on this big project together. And then along came a fella called Brian. He's a very, very, very important name. Right? Brian, Aaron and Adam. Aaron was another type of architect that was going to be involved. Max was supposed to have been involved, but nobody could get hold of this Max fellow or whatever his name was. He, like, they couldn't, they couldn't get a hold of him. Like, he just seemed to have vanished off the face of the earth. And I remember asking Jamie, I said, can I have a look at his website? Like, and I remember looking at his website and there was just one page of the website and it says, um, you know, inquiries via email only. And I said, "Hey, is there any number for him? Like, I'll give him a
1: call. Like, so you had never spoken to Max, had you?
2: No. What I have to say is that when I think back to it, it makes me sound like I was the most stupid person in the world. Like I have to hammer home the level, the depth that this Jamie went through to cover his life is insane. Like, it is straight worthy. Insane. He had an answer for everything. He had, like, literally every angle was covered. The reason I kind of didn't question the Max thing was because the website was there. Max's photograph was on the website, you know, this good-looking chap, you know, on the front of his business. I said to Jay, why is there no phone number? And he said, that's how they they do things in London. He said, "Todd, oh, they're so busy. They're never on the phone. It's all email. They'll WhatsApp me, but, like, on WhatsApp, it's easier, he said, are never on the phone. They don't have time. The people closest around me would have seen the relationship. Like, we lived in each other's pocket. Like, the fact that he was able to deceive me from a mobile, like, do all this behind my back via mobile phone, you know, is quite, you know, intelligent. Most of it was done by phone. Obviously, he was away a couple of times a week, but, you know, from the beginning, you know, he lived in my pocket. I'm sure you've probably heard of love bombing.
0: And you've
2: heard of gaslighting And stuff So like He would do this a lot to me And this plays a big part In why I never questioned a lot He was constantly saying You know Like I'd, I'd be like Oh did you call this person today And he'd say to me No I told you I'd do that tomorrow and I was like, no, no, you didn't. He'd kind of say, ah, you just have baby brain. That's what he'd always say to me. So it's kind of relevant in the sense, like, as going along in the story, why I stopped asking him questions because I felt silly that I was forgetting stuff. But yeah. it, it was part of his plan. I genuinely thought I was losing my mind. Like, 100%. I, I was really questioning myself. He had me very much involved in this London malarkey. He, you know, he'd come back from London stories and like you know, he Max would have taken him to these, you know, um, you know, high end restaurants for lunch and I used to be quite jealous because like I was at home with our daughter and I was like, Oh my god, I really want to be in London. I want to be eating at all these places too, you know. know um but know. you know, my family were great, you know, but like at the end of the day it it was me. So and he'd be off in London. So Max vanished and I was getting quite annoyed at it and then he stopped kinda of replying to emails. And I was like, okay, surely to God, you have a number for him. You have to be able to, like... And he was like, he was like, yeah, I rang the number he gave me. It's not answering, there, you know, it's not even ringing anymore. And I was like, God, I hope maybe like maybe he was in an accident or something. But that's, you know, I was starting to think down that line. And Brian, Adam and Aaron were friends in business, right? Uh, Brian was a kind of a big, hotshot. Hot, he he had a finger in every pie he was into you know property management development and all that Um, Aaron was an architect so he was kind of replacing Max because he was an architect so Aaron Aaron is the biggest part of the story and himself and Jay hit it off quite well from what Jay was saying he was like oh this guy Aaron knows so nice blah 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 He's an architect, but he, you know, he, he deals with a lot of business. He's been kind of up and running in London for quite some time. You know, he's, he's well established. These guys were millionaires, right? According to Jay, they, they had more money than sense. So Jay was very lucky to be brought to the table with all these people. So Jay said he took, he was going to take on this contract. So he decided to go ahead with it. And because he was dealing with Sean Young, who was heading the project, Sean was only an architect here, but he was he was really going for the big shot in London. And I was like, you know, this is this is huge for Sean to be basically project manager of this entire thing. So he was getting all the teams together.
1: What was it going to be, incidentally, that what was being built?
2: Um, I think it was a, a multi-storey office block and apartment building. Okay. So it was going to be combined, I think, you know, office block and then top door say the apartment or something okay. like that okay. um, but it was huge like it was that ground floor level at the moment they only had apparently the site was only cleared and it was just been it was basically a ground level Okay. so I thought this was hugely exciting and then because Max had gone I was like you know like, the money just stopped so there was nothing coming in but obviously we had about 60 grand in the bank so we after pushing for a while mm. <laughs> you know and mm. um, but again, we were planning, you know, we were planning a wedding and we still had bills to pay. And, you know, I was like, okay. You know, and he was traveling to London over and back as well, which was cost him money. So I was like, look, let's just try to get back on, you know, the payments and we, you know, get the work in and make sure we keep going. The whole thing was that basically, like, he wanted to be rich. He wanted us to be rich and leave a really, like, fruitful life with all this money.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I had the perfect fiancé loving, caring every time he came back from London he brought me Tom Ford perfumes like you're talking 250 euros of perfume makeup like I had everything I really did clothes whatever like, whatever I wanted <laughs> I had it he, you know if I, if I if I mentioned something or if I saw something on TV like he, he would buy it for me I, like I'd forget about it and he would just come home from doing it and I'm like oh my god you remember that like he was he remembered everything he was really on the ball with everything. He paid so much attention to details. in, in every aspect in his life. Like, it, was, it just seemed that he was just so in tune. Then this Aaron guy comes along and Aaron starts emailing me. He was like, hey, look, oh, Brian's a bit of a shit. I really want to work with Jay. I think we could do something really good together. And that's where Aaron came in. Himself and Jay were literally like, apparently inseparable. They were always like he was never here, but Jay was always going to London. Jay started going to London maybe twice a week, working on projects with Aaron. And you know, money did start coming into our account in the HSBC account, and it appeared that we had a lot of money. Now, what annoyed me was when we when the HSBC account was changed over to a business account, you get those dongles, you know, those little like the keypads that you have to key in a code every time you you get in. And because of the business account, there was a lot of security checks going into HSBC. used to frustrate me to death. So Jay was the only one that always had the dongle and was always logging into it. So he was the only one showing me our account. The last time I saw the bank account, there was 890,000 euros in my bank. There was like payments for this and payments for that coming in and the, the, the thousands, do you know what I mean? But again, you see, it was Jay. We had full control of this account. I was spending out of the card constantly, like so. I had the carrot like I had a business card. Jay had a card, and like there was no issue with money.
1: And were you living at that stage when all that money was coming in eight hundred ninety grand in the bank account? Were you living a flamboyant lifestyle?
2: Um, not in the sense like as I said, like we had good cars outside the door. Like we were renting a lovely house. So what we decided to do is we were planning our wedding, which. The wedding was coming up like I wasn't even done yet and the wedding was coming in at like forty eight grand for what I was doing. Like Jesus, I was having two dresses, like a you know, a dress for the ceremony and a dress for the evening. Like stupid, stupid stuff. Like wedding was booked, hotel was booked, everything was booked, entertainment was booked, had my dress for things, had everything, deposits for all paid. The money that was supposed to be coming in then was like literally, you know, with, with Aaron's work, we were going back up into the millions again. And because I could see stuff coming in, you know, it was great. I mean, so what Jay kind of had a chat with me, and I was I was out of work for a while at this point, um, because obviously we had our daughter, so it was just easier for me to be at home. He started talking to me about possibly going back to work, and he was like... You know, because he was like, "Gosh, you're bored." You know, when you miss dog grooming, and you love it, and you were so good at it, and you know, we have the money if you want to throw it into a business. So off I went. Typical me, like, "Oh yeah, again, idea into my head, I'll run with it yeah. straight away."
1: Yeah.
2: And in the middle of the lockdown, twenty twenty, I opened a dog grooming salon because why not? Yeah, a salon cost me bone twenty five grand. Okay, to do up. So, I had state of the art equipment. I knew it was a good time because, under animal welfare, you were allowed to stay open. Um, The dogs were in absolute dire state coming into me because they hadn't been groomed in so long. And people were nearly chomping at the bit to get into me. I had to hire someone straight away, right? I was so busy. And in this time, because COVID had happened, we had to put our wedding on hold. Now, Covid was the best thing and the worst thing that happened to Jamie Nate because it bought in time, right? Also at this point, we were looking to put a deposit on a property in um, West Park and this property was worth 800,000. We were going to put a deposit on it because we had the promise of all this money coming in with all these jobs we are earn and there was obviously money coming in. And Jay came up to me one day when we had hit our first million and had the bank um the screen open on his laptop with the logged into the bank account and it was like one point one million uh pounds sterling because it was the HSBC one. And I remember going, Holy crap, like he showed it to me. So I nearly wet myself when I saw that. I was like, I can't believe it. We're we're millionaires like <laughs> we're officially a millionaire like yeah. you know, this is crazy. And he was like, Yeah and he had said at this point he was setting up his own business in court as well, right across from my salon, which was called DSS, Digital Finance Systems. This will be very important as well because this is how we cut a lot of court people. So Alan comes DSS. So he sets up this beautiful big office. You know, he kicks it out with IMAS, the whole lot, hires staff, including one of my close friends, husbands to be, you know, to do the installation. He was going to take him under his name and train him and stuff like that. So he has his car business going along. You know, the money is coming in. We got paid from um, Sean Young and Marie sent us money for jobs that Jay was going to work on with her over as well. There was literally money coming from everywhere. After that, the money, according to Jay, was going up and up and up. We were starting to go into the millions as in like it was getting bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more people wanted to work with him and Aaron was like so happy. Aaron then started, you know, contacting me via WhatsApp because he was like, it's easier on the go than emails and stuff like that. And I, was I got to know, I knew Aaron over the space of two years. So like I got, I suppose, chatting to him regularly because I was dealing with Jay's schedule and we were talking all the time. So the three of us were always, all the And I always said to Joe, was like, Jesus, Aaron seems like the male version of me. He was very similar to me, similar sense of humor, like, you know, very similar in the things he liked. I, you know, he spoke to me about his ex-wife and his two daughters, one of them had autism and I got to know him quite a lot, but I never met him he talked to me regularly and it was like I got to know him. I felt like I was getting to know him and I was like, I was in jail, I was like, Jesus, I can't wait, you know, to meet all these people. I can't wait to go to London. There was a couple of times I was supposed to go to London and they just never happened. I think one night, one night I was definitely going in the morning and it was around one o'clock in the morning and I heard crying and Jay got up and ran out. and so I kind of dozed off and came and I woke again and he was like she has the temperature and I was like what? Jesus that came on fast and he's like I just gave her some calcon I sent her back to bed I didn't feel comfortable the next morning going to London and I was like Jesus I can't, I can't leave her with my mum now if she's sick my mum my mom was staying over and the next morning I got up and my mum was like what are you doing here? I thought, you know, she was still in bed. Like, what? I thought she was going to London. <laughs> Like we were supposed to go at like five o'clock in the morning at yeah. the airport, or whatever. And um, I was like, no, no, she was sick. Um, I couldn't go. And my mom just kind of looked at me. And I just never forget the look on her face. It was like, yeah. my ma'am knew
1: up next on You Couldn't Make This Up.
2: I feel like Jay is my brother. Did you know that Jay saved my life? If you want to come to London, I can set you up the a place. Look, I've loaded the property. My mother-in-law has brought cash on her. I can't remember, was it fifteen or £50,000 anyway, right? I checked every pot. I looked in the drain pipes and nothing.